Welcome to the Art in Motion podcast, a conversation with artists on their life journeys and the sacred dimensions of their creative process. Welcome everyone to another episode of, uh, of Art in Motion Conversations where every week we, um, I speak with uh, an artist or uh, a creative person in, in a craft about uh, the sacred dimensions and the spiritual dimensions of their creative process. And uh, today I am very fortunate to be speaking with uh, not only a very talented musician, but a very dear friend of mine, uh, somebody whom I consider to be a brother and uh, really a mentor, uh, in the artistic and the creative process, my dear friend Lufuki. Um, and uh, he is uh, a jazz musician and uh, someone whom I consider to be a sage in improv. Um, and so that's why our conversation today is going to be about the spirituality and the spiritual dimensions of improv and what makes the idea of improvisational, improvisation specifically music, but really as a kind of like a doorway into improv in general. Um, in art, a really spiritually powerful experience. Um, last week, we interviewed Destiny. I spoke with, uh, with uh, Destiny Muhammad, who's a mutual friend of ours and somebody that I actually met through you. Um, and we began, I began by asking her to do a little harp prayer. Um, so... If we can begin with a little uh, jazz prayer, uh, a jazz improv prayer, just for a couple, a few minutes on the on on the guitar, if we can, and then we'll head right into the questions, inshallah. Uh, first of all, um, assalamu alaikum. Um, thank thank you for this opportunity. Of course, it's always not only opportunity a good opportunity to speak with you, but it's always a good opportunity for me to learn from you. Um, thank you for the intro. Um, you said you learn from me. Actually, I learned a lot from you just by our conversations. Um, I don't think there was ever a time when um, I should not learn from anyone, um, particularly with someone with such um, aspirations as you have had mm -hmm. and continue having, inshallah. Um, sure. So you inspired me also, just so it's, it's a two way street. I just want to mention that. Thank you so much, Amy. So I'm gonna start off with something like very simple. Um, hopefully, it'll generate something um, within ourselves. Um, so, so just a couple minutes, right? Just a couple minutes, yeah. Just really quick. So this is a mishmash of a lot of things. So you might hear a lot of things in this um, Eastern, as they call it, Eastern. You know, so sure. whatever it is. <laughs>
Mesmerizing. Thank you. Mesmerizing and breathtaking as always. <laughs> Thank you so much. Allah bless you. <laughs> a little bit. Of, it was a little bit everywhere. So. No, it's <laughs> perfect. It's it's that's that's the whole point of improv. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, that, that that's really that's really what improv is all about. Yeah, sure. So, um, what I wanna, I think the best way to begin, which is the sort of the way I began with destiny, is, you know. There is, there is always a lot of aspects to the journey and the history of the artist. Mm. Um, and I think the best pivot to begin to sort of focus on is to ask what was, when and how did your journey with the guitar begin? It began with this. lines of Santana song. That. Um, that run, or lick we can call it, um, started me on my journey. Mm. Not knowing that what it meant, but it sparked a curiosity in me that struck um, a chord, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, as they say, struck a chord. Right. Even though it was a series of notes. Right. Struck a chord that um, resonated with me in the difficulties I was going through in life at the time. Mm. So, you know, you have these songs that you can't let it end. Right. And you just keep, when it gets towards the end, you just, you know, you go, you go right to the beginning, you know, you don't want yeah. to end. Um, we all have songs like that. You know, I was just to one today that was really, they really touched on the situation that I'm feeling in these days. But that song right there, that Santana song, really started me on my journey towards um, um, not only spiritual expression, but um, um, trying to find something within within myself that can bring out to something that's beautiful and something that's that that um that's not only healing but it's it it, it sets you on a journey right a journey of sound mm -hmm. and once i started um um investigating like if i'm call it investigating um santana it just led me down like a rabbit hole uh to eventually i ended up um um, listen to, listening to the likes of John Coltrane and what I would call uh, the Coltraneites. Coltraneites mm -hmm. are people who like use John Col I call them Coltraneites. Uh, those people who use John Coltrane as an example or the epitome of an artist who's striving um, um, with his craft, right? Uh, to reach the divine uh, despite um, maybe despite the shortcomings, but they want to use their music as a dedication. Um, and, and I think as it, one aspect I'd like to bring up is, is um, when we were talking about spiritual art, mm. 
I don't want to give the con the the, the um um the impression that I'm implying I that I'm saying that I have reached a goal. Mm. The goal the goal is not the point, it's the journey. It's the journey, yes. Yeah. So um so when I say spiritual music, it's, uh, it's, it's something to um, obtain, right? To obtain yes. something, right? But the journey is is uh, is more It's just as important. It's just as important, right? The process. Uh, and, you know, you have this, the journey that's, you know, um, sometimes you have um, pit stops. Sometimes you get to change your tires. Sometimes you got to, you know, do, do all that stuff. And um, what, what I've been... You know, so my journey into spiritual music has also gotten, gotten me into this, the teachings of spiritual music from a, a Sufi standpoint. Like, what does it mean, and what what's the, what's the meaning of it, and why do it, and um, you know, what's what is the state of the person when he's doing it? What is the state of the environment that he's in when he's when he's playing? Uh, what does he experience? And when I started reading those things, it's like a really like a. Um, uh, a um, a confirmation of what I've been feeling, right? Um, so one of the aspects I like to bring out, not to deter too much from the discussion, mm -hmm. uh, when I say this is a journey, this journey requires um, um, a, 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 a majahida, a fight with the self. As a matter of fact, the um, the um, the aliyah, the aliyah, the saints of Islam who use this, and also. Other traditions, also, I would I would assume, uh, particularly the ones that I've been reading about, um, a person has to be in a state of mujahida, right, in order to justify um, his involvement with such a science that science that's very um, intoxicating, right? Um, uh, it's intoxicating the power. It's intoxicating and being popular and things like that, without being in the in the state of fighting yourself, um, they, they say you might as well not be involved in it. As a matter of fact, it, you know, it's like when we mean about mujahid, you know, you're, you're fighting something, you know, right? Um, they weren't they weren't uh, specific what you're fighting, you know, right? It's, it's very like um, obscure. And I think that if you listen to artists today, I'm gonna use the example of Tupac, the right? He was in a constant state of mujahida. He's no. What I mean by that, he's he's bringing out something from within himself that he's fighting within himself. Yes. Right. Telling the story. Yes. But you know he's fighting that within himself also. Yeah. You know. It's coming from a genuine place. It's coming from a genuine place. Um, I mean, mention any artist. I mean, uh, listen, listen to like, um, and this is despite his shortcomings, right? His shortcomings, as as we would perceive it, as a person from being from the ghetto, you know, he's in a he's in a somewhat uh, thug and crime crime scenes, and you know, uh, sometimes outlandish. But there's certain things that he's saying. Let you know he is in a constant state of mujahida, right? Right. Um, 
let's take our um, our local hero, Stevie Wonder. If you were to listen to his compositions in the early 70s, oh my God, it's prophetic. Wow. It's literally prophetic. Wow. The words that he used are not flowery, but they're simple. But the um, uh, his compositions and his um, engineering and his um, direction are so prophetic and it's, it's hard to explain. I mean, it's like, it's like three or four albums that he made back to back. It was just like, wow. Um, I can listen to him at any time and, and I can't get through them without crying because you can feel the emotion that he's, he's yeah. trying to portray. And, yeah. and I don't, I don't think people, um, I don't, I don't want to age myself, but I don't, I don't think young people these days know the gravity of those albums that he made that was so, and it, it, as a matter of fact, they're, 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 those songs, those albums are more applicable to this time than they were back then. So it's like it's mind blowing. It's like when I listen to these songs, like songs of my mother, my mother used to listen to Stevie Wonder's, well, Stevie Wonder. But when I listen to his songs now, it's like, am I? Is, it, is he like looking looking in the future or something? You know. So which is one of the reasons why it's after describes them as prophetic. Yeah, it's it's, it's prophetic. You know, it's like um, fighting within itself. You know, um, yes, you have shortcomings, right? But that's the that's the beauty of the music. Yes. That's where blues come from, you know? It's fighting within itself. And also reacting to what's out there. And how are you gonna express it? How are you gonna let people know what you're going through without I, expressing it? I think that um, what you mentioned about Mujahada, it's also the, the, the sort of the inner struggle so it's what you're describing is is healing mm. right it's it's trying to bring out something that is that within the artist that hasn't had a chance to breathe yet mm. and so they bring it out they externalize it in order to deal with it mm. um and to share it in which case the audience becomes and the music becomes a mirror in which the artist reflects upon whatever it is they're dealing with inside. Mm -hmm. And even though they might know what that inner struggle is, it's, it's, you know, sometimes when they externalize it, they see parts of it, aspects of it that they didn't know before. Mm -hmm. But then there is the other part of the struggle, which is, and it's also a, an, and a notion that is like like you said, it's not the end point, it's the journey, and that's mastery, right? Whatever that means, yeah. right? For somebody who feels like they need to learn theory, it's how to go through that valley and how to surpass it, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Now the question is, what do you think is the relationship between those two struggles? the struggle of mastering, or let's say, building a relationship with the craft, with an instrument, such that you're able to, the musician is able to fully and freely express themselves through it, 
and between the struggle of overcoming one's demons. Mm. Mm. That that is layered. That's very layered. First, no. first of all, first of all, I was saying the the relationship with the instrument, whether it's, it's a guitar, an ode, or your voice, or percussions. Yes. Those are just an amplification of yourself. Yes. Right. And we we are hoping to become like the instrument in, in the fact that it's hollow. Yes. You know, um, without the hollowness, nothing would sound. Exactly. You, you have a rock. Yes. You know, just you hit it, you get a sound from it, but it's nothing, nothing in the, nothing inside. It's right. Dense. There's no resonance. Yeah. So you want something, even though it's the relationship you wanted the instrument to be an amplification of what you're feeling. Yeah. You also want to be hollow inside also. Yes. Right. So it's like, like a given to give and take thing. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I think that those number two, I, I think that those demons or those, those um, let's say flaws or anything, um, no one could express it more than an artist with, with wow. themselves. Um, and I think that what they produce is not only for themselves, it's for people who are listening. Yes. Um, because it might strike a chord with someone else um, in a way that you didn't intend it for happened, right? True. Because um, we all have tendencies within ourselves that it's through Allah's grace that we don't indulge in them. Yes. Um, because but by, by, by the uh, snap of a finger, um, we could be in any situation. Yes. Um, and I think no one expresses that that struggle or, or that um, or intimacy or that vulnerability more than a person standing up in front of a crowd giving what's in their hearts. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, we used to hold a couple of open mics before COVID for, for maybe a year and a half. And I can't tell you how many people came up to the microphone who just happened to be sitting there that night at the cafe, not having any intentions on expressing themselves, but they had something there all of a sudden that they wanted to share. Yes. And, and the amount of appreciation they got from the crowd and the amount of lifting off the burden off their shoulders yes. was, was a very common thing um, um, when, we used to, when we used to do those things. I, I miss those nights, you know, I mean, even though we have shows and things like that. And I, I miss the experiencing the vulnerabilities because it lets me it lets me know and lets other people know that we have the same struggles. It might be different, um, but it's just, it's the same same struggles. Some some are more t intense than others, but we all have struggles. And music works, and the art, the creative process works. Yes, the creative process works, especially if you get now. If you get, I I I truly believe <clears throat> everyone has a, like that that creative outpouring. Um, yes. But not necessarily the tools in order to do so. Yes, because it's a it's a divine um, 
it's a, it's a divine act in a, act in a sense that um, it's it's something that's um, inspired. You know, yes, you can't. There's something you can't quantify. You know, yes, inspiration. You can't say, um, okay, I hear a sound, but where did that sound come from? Right. You know, so um, it, it's not something that I mean. You can you can force a, a composition, but even during that composition, you're going to get some kind of inspiration of how this is going to get to get together and things like that, you know, like one note from another, um, even without knowing music theory, you know, what don't sound right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was just, I was just doing the improv and I hit a note. I was like, okay, that wasn't right. But it didn't take um, music theory to tell me that. But yes. Something in eight, in eight, yeah, exactly. you know, just telling me that it's wrong, you know, yeah. Um, so music is is like that. It's it's life. You know, music uh, art is life. You know, it's an expression of um, the society and what you're going through and how yeah. you rectify it, how you um, navigate through it. You know. And so, it seems that what you're describing also, you know, this this idea of detecting what the Arabic word for it in, in Arabic music is nashaz, mm -hmm. right? Dissonance, mm -hmm. artistic dissonance, musical dissonance, where you just know for with certainty that a particular note or a phrase just feels out of place. And it seems to me that that particular awareness is what we would call in tasawwuf, in Sufism, hudur, presence. Mm -hmm. yes. so having presence in the creative process and I think you and I we both agree based on our many numerous conversations that there are so many similarities between the creative process and a spiritual path that for all intents and purposes they're one and the same process now, for you specifically, returning to this first question of your history with the guitar, since you and I belong to the same spiritual brotherhood or sisterhood, spiritual fraternity, we have the same spiritual guide, Mulana Sheikh Hisham, may Allah preserve him. To me. Um, what do you think has been... I know you believe that Mulana Sheikh Hisham gifted you music and sort of delivered you almost as a spiritual child to the guitar as he delivered the guitar to you. What, in terms of the, the spiritual path, what do you think the music has been in that? In the sense of how do you think, how would you qualify, not quantify, how would you qualify the way that Sheikh Hisham has been expressing himself to you through the music? Hmm. So I've had this conversation um, with my partner, Tazine. Um, I, I won't say many times, but, yeah. um, but, but recently. And, and it's only because of this... Um, Putting things together, you know, you know, you know, you, you try to make links with things, sure, so it makes sense, you know. 
Um, somehow we got on the topic of names. Mm. And so we started, how did we start this? Okay. So we believe on the day of um, um, the day of promise. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about it. Mm-hmm. And everyone said Bala, mm-hmm. right? Of course, right? Um, our sheikhs tell us at that time. That's when um, we were get we were marshaled souls. Arwah Januda. Mujannada. Mujannada. So souls are martial souls. Uh, the souls are martial like martial soldiers. Right? Yes. So on a day of judgment, you are grouped with the people you're gonna be grouped with in this world. Yeah. Right? So at that time, you were a follower of who you're gonna follow in his life. Yes. There. Yes. Right? You just taking these steps on this journey in order to find it. Yes. Right. Even if you don't find them. <laughs> exactly. So he's been our sheikh before we got here. Right. So he knew what our name was going to be, uh, the different names that we have, uh, the, the, the names um, um, our parents give us, the names we name ourselves, on that point, I would say the names that we think we named ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't name ourselves outside of what Allah wanted it to be in the first place. Like, sure. I'm a convert, right? So I named myself Ismail. But Allah knew that already. Mm-hmm. So I didn't name myself. Right. You discovered so, that your name is Ismail. Well, I thought I thought I knew the meaning. I thought I get, I had a rash a rash a, a, um, a rational thought why I named myself Ismail. Right. I thought it felt it fit it fit my life. What I was yeah. Going through. I thought at the time, okay, Ismail is perfect. Got it. But it wasn't until later, my discussions with Tazim was like. What I'm doing right now is all based on summer. Right. Ismail. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. So Ismail means God heard the, the prayer of Ibrahim. So he gave him Ismail. Yes, wow. So I think my journey has led me to this. And it's through Sheikh Hisham that I'm able to actually do this. Mm. Um. I didn't name myself. Allah named me, but the Sheikh Sham knew what, what my name was. So right. if my if my name has is 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 uh, rooted in sound, right? So this is it's a perfect fit that I am uh, um, a person or a follower in this time of my life uh, who's devoted to the science of sound. Mm-hmm. It just makes perfect sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's one real realization, you know, um, and that's one way that 
he let me discover this way of the science of sound. And plus he always encouraged um, the arts. Um, I mean, in the early 2000s here in, in Michigan, it was like, it was like a Sufi, forget the word, disco. Mm -hmm. Because the arts were encouraged so much and it made the environment in the community so unique than any other community. Yes. Where, whereas you would have um, different bands of singing um, girls doing casitas. Yes. With no shame. Yes. What, what I mean by no shame is like, it's out in the open. This yes. is worship. This is praising the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is praising Allah. Um, so being in that environment and, and seeing people come with it, you know, with the duffs from different countries and the the aids and are it's just fire. You know, it's almost like a fire at baptism. Yeah, that shaky shout let people just um, express themselves, jump and you know, be ex exhilarating and excited. You know, candy thrown everywhere, and you know, Mona getting out dollar bills and yes. You know, um, celebrations like none other, you know. So being in an environment is just an encouragement for the arts, you know. So I'll say there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot, that, there's a lot that goes in that pot, right? It's not just yeah. one thing. Uh, but I would say that's my, um, I guess my, again, my rationale of uh, this process. And Let's transition a little because, you know, each of these questions, we can spend hours and hours and hours on them. Yeah. Um, I mean, as I've, 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 as I've expressed before, for me, in, in, in the few number of years that I have, in my awareness that I have spent in companionship with, with Molana Sheikh Hisham, what became very clear to me is that there is no other spiritual guide of Sufism on the face of the earth today, as far as I know, that I have seen, that I have met, that I have mingled with, who um, not only outwardly nourishes the arts, but uses art and the artistic talents of some and many of his marids, his disciples, his students, his lovers, to actually guide them on the spiritual path. In which case, art for, in, for, for the artists, art for the artists who are on this spiritual path, is not a hobby. It is not... Um, it is not a side thing. It's not even something that they can get rewarded for, just like as a as a charity. It is actually the it is actually their tariqa. Their tariqa becomes their craft. And what I mean by that specifically is that the Sheikh will actually teach you your craft and use it to dispense in the disciple 
spiritual knowledge of the highest caliber. Um, and I think, I know for a fact that that's been your experience. Because this, this whole idea of the science of sound is really all about divine knowledge, right? It's, it's the traditional knowledge of, um, you know, what destiny refers to, Hermes Trismegistus, mm. uh, Sayyidina Idris, alayhi salam, mm. Prophet Idris, and um, really all the prophets. Yeah. But so that much, we, we sort of, so that, that can be a whole, like another episode that we can do just on, on on uh, on Maulana Sheikh Hisham and and the, the spiritual path and 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 the the, the 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 emphasis on art and creativity, but I wanted to just transition a little bit to improv now, like the focus on on improv. There are so many things we can ask about improv, right? Like, I guess beginning, what what for you? What is improv? I know we had that conversation yeah. once, yeah. where it's 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 not just it's not just an empty dissonant jamming, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. There there is there is there is a there is a almost like a spiritual structure that's guiding. It. How would you describe improv? First of all, I would say that um, what from a personal standpoint. I like to think of it as something I'm putting out there and just leaving it out there. I don't mm. think, I'm not claiming, I'm, I'm trying to be like John Coltrane. I'm not claiming anything for myself. Mm -hmm. Whatever I do, is, despite my shortcomings, is for, the, it's, for it's dedicated, it's from the Lord to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right? So how I would explain improvisation and something what you said, in addition to that, um, not only something that's not planned, but something when you were in that moment, the whole door. Mm -hmm. Whereas unplanned, you're in a state of um, 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 hair. Yes. Bewilderment. Um, yeah. There's and, and, and the closest example I can give to that is you're playing with your band and all of a sudden you realize that you're not playing. Hmm. But you're playing. Mm -hmm. And that each member of the band you feel an invisible um, connection, like ropes, mm -hmm. right? And somehow, in some way, everyone's in that same state and they know it. Mm -hmm. And now this, this psychic phenomenon comes through where you can communicate without even saying a word uh -huh. to your band member. At the time, the, 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 the audience doesn't exist. Right. Right. Um, 
the connection you have, and, it's, and sometimes in a weird way, the artist does exist, but they are also connected, mm -hmm. right? And so you're witnessing yourself outside of yourself while you're playing. And as soon as you start to do some um, preconceived um, lick or run, or statements, right? Out of that. Then you took yourself out of that, and you want to go back into it. So it's like it's like a door opening, and closing. You go inside and you come out. You because you always want to go into. It. So they call it that that the heat of the moment, as they call it, the heat of the moment, or flame sky, something like that. They have different terms for that. Uh, uh, so it's all improvisation, but it's like these these, these psychic connections that you're having with your band. It's almost like. Uh, the um, joggers like to call it the runner's high. Yeah. Joggers high. And, and they explain it like their body is moving, but they're witnessing, but they're not doing anything. Their body is just, just yep. and they're, everything's in slow motion and they witness everything that's happening around them. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as like when Michael Jordan says, he gets in that zone. He said, he gets in a zone and it doesn't matter what he does. He's gonna make the basket. He's like he's like throwing a rock in in Lake Michigan. He's gonna hit the. He's wow. gonna land in the ocean, you know. Wow. So everyone experiences thing, but it's a matter of, it's a matter of getting inside of yourself and getting out of it, you know. So it's it's like if we if we sort of agree to to the, the improv, there is a spiritual structure guiding it. Mm -hmm. What we're it seems like what we're saying is that it's a it's a it's a suspension of it's improv from our perspective, but in reality, it's it's basically taking the the performance and playing and having it played from the spiritual realm from from the spiritual reality of music mm. in which case you're actually the musician becomes the instrument mm. so it, it you know just just as the question of whether it's the musician that produces the music or the instrument produces the music so the instrument be, becomes like you're holding the guitar and the guitar becomes an extension of you. It, it is your tongue, yeah. right? It's the tongue of the hand. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like it's, it's said, you know, in like in, in the Islamic, in some of the Islamic texts, al 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 lisan al yad, right? The the mm -hmm. pen is the tongue of the hand, mm -hmm. and the guitar or the oud is the tongue of is the tongue of the of the musician's hand. Mm -hmm. But it seems like an improv. So a composition that's played on the guitar, from the guitar's perspective, it's improv. Mm -hmm. Because the guitar is not, it's not using its mind to play. Yeah. It's being yeah. played. Yes. And so it's like literally we've become, we've become instruments in improv. Yes. Because we're unaware. We're not planning. Yeah, we're like the, the instrument. We're, we're, we're the instrument. Yeah, yeah. Right, and so it's it's like 
it, it, it's the it's it's I think it's almost you can say like the you've you've reached enough discipline. It's a state of being disciplined, mm -hmm. like an instrument. Yeah. The, the and 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 the question becomes, you know, like what I often think about is that especially this is true, I think, for musicians who are on a spiritual path or have a spiritual foundation and they have a guide. We feel as though our instruments are proxies for the guide. Mm. That everything about a musical instrument is actually very saintly. Like you mentioned, an instrument is hollow. Yeah. Right? And so part of the saluk Part of the 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 the, the self discipline of a, of a spiritual guide in any tradition is to be emptied yes. of of ego at the least, right? So the the instrument goes through this very difficult journey process, yes, burned and bent and 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 glued Red. together, yeah. and right and stretched yeah. in order to become this perfected channel, yes for for music to come through mm -hmm. and it's like it's a ruse because you take the instrument we take the instrument we begin the journey and we from being amateurs of not knowing anything mm -hmm. and we think that we are controlling this instrument that we're holding in our hands yeah we're we're the ones who are utilizing it mm -hmm. but i think what you just described with improv is like improv is those moments where we realize our instrument has been actually guiding us. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, now, let me let me end with this. What do you think? Coming sort of full circle to the question of, of spirituality. What do you think is the importance of improv in spiritual expression? Mm. I mean, we can we can uh, perhaps we can perhaps describe improv as like the fanat, right? The okay. annihilation moment, the nirvana mm. moment yes. of a musician's mm. journey, musician's career. Mm. So, in that regard. What meanings do you think? What spiritual meanings in the craft of music that only improv can express? Uh, being honest with yourself. Wow. Okay. Um, me and me and Tazine went to a concert. Um, Lauren Hill is Lauren Hill, mm. right? And this is this is not it. What Lauren Hill is not known for her improvisation, but she is known for her um, uh, her, her recompositions of her songs. Mm. A lot of people wanted to hear how she did her songs in the '90s, but she totally mm. flipped into something else, right? Uh, so what I'm trying to say is people are um, they're used to uniformity of what they've heard before they want to hear it again right mm -hmm. but for an artist for Santana to play Black Magic Woman for 40 years the same way it would get very boring for him sure so he has to find ways and to to make it different right mm -hmm. 
and that's where improvisation comes from comes in you can have mm -hmm. the song the baseline of the song but it's going to go in any direction depends on the feeling at that time sure and a lot of uh some um masters super, super masters call this that person uh ibn waqt ibn waqt yeah so the person sufi. of that time yes where right here matters what happened before or what's going to happen in front of me doesn't matter right what happens here is what matters yes and being, and, and being honest in that moment of whatever comes and not depending on your preconceived notions of what's correct yes is a way to free yourself from those shackles wow and and that's essentially presence yes it's presence it's right. all that in the presence you are you be you, you have the hodor you have the fana you have the wakt and then you have the hera all at once all at once I mean, I mean, and 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 I think then it's it's this idea of of you know, I mean, on one level, we are outside of improv. We think we are producing music, mm -hmm. and then during improv, we have. The taste, perhaps we can say, taste, yes. not necessarily awareness, but taste, yes, taste that music is being produced through us, mm -hmm. and we're just the instrument, we're just the channels. Yes. Um. And then maybe perhaps after improv, after the experience, and after some reflection, after some contemplation, we feel as though, you know, this is. This is something the music is is happening whether we participate in it or not. Mm, mm. You know, it's 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 a constant. It's it's like salawat, right? It's like yeah. benedictions that yes. God and His angels are already sending benedictions yeah. upon the Prophet Sallallahu but we participate. Yeah, we it's like we jump in. We're made to jump in, mm -hmm. to become channels for that to happen. Yeah. In which case, you're met by all these different facets that you mentioned, right? So if you have the presence, then you become aware of the spiritual reality and the spiritual mechanism for what it is you're doing with your craft. If you have the waqt, then you know what it, what type of music is being produced in the heavens at this time. Mm -hmm. That if you're in tune with, and 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 being in tune with it, then we're describing someone like Coltrane, right? Yeah, yeah. We're describing. That's I mean, the difference. that's really right? the difference right there. Because everyone has a has a uh, a link to it, right? But are you aware of what you're linking to? like Coltrane, right. you know, any artist, I don't care the, the most commercial, whatever, this soundscape is, is accessible for everyone. Yes. But whether you, the difference is, 
what you understand it as. Yes. And can you can you realize that it's a source, right? It's open field. It's like the first field, first uh, field of or the first stage of um, unveiling the kashif. It's open yes. for everybody. It yes. doesn't believe or non-believer. Right. Right. But the other level is not open for everyone, and that's the people of realization. Those people yes. like Coltrane. Those people like Ferris Sanders. Those people like Santana. Things like that. And I think that you know. If we think about something like a love supreme, it, it it's what we would describe in our culture as the planets were, were aligned, mm. right? For for Coltrane, mm. for love supreme to manifest mm. from wherever it was mm -hmm. in the heavenly realm to manifest physically in what is very clearly like an immortal melody. Yes. Right? It's an immortal composition. But I think if we were to describe it in the terms that we were talking about today, what we're saying is that a window opened for him and he went in. Yeah. He went in. <laughs> yeah. He, he didn't hold back. Yeah. He didn't say, um, I'm ready. I'm mm. not ready. Mm. He suspended his judgment mm. and he just participated in whatever it was i mean it's yeah. clearly you know when you when when you listen to it it's like you're listening to a musical rendition of a welly describing his fana experience mm. Mm. that's literally what it sounds like mm. that's a good that's a good description <laughs> Because the yeah. because what happens when you read these renditions of Oliya experiences experiencing fanat annihilation mm. is that every time you you read it it's different. Mm -hmm. Every time you read it, you understand something different. Yeah. And and with a love supreme, when you listen to it, there is that there is that that you know I was describing it today while uh, you know describing a, a poetry uh, recital by a friend of mine, there is like a spice of revelation there. Mm. And the spice of revelation is this abundance of meaning. Mm. Yeah. Because what's happening is, is because something is coming from the source, mm. it remains living. Yes. So you know the story in, in scripture, in the Quran, um, of how uh, the, the, the Samiri, at the time of Prophet Moses, peace be upon him, how he turned um, a golden calf mm. alive. He took from the dust of the hoof of the horse of one of the angels mm. of Satan Jibril, and he sprinted because he knew that wherever the angel goes, there is life. Yeah, yes. He took some of the dust and he sprinkled it. Mm. He's, you know, he threw it on the on the on the on the golden calf, and it became mm. alive. Yeah. So. What's happening is that something like a love supreme or or any composition that has an improvisational life to it, mm -hmm. which is that dust, yes. it's like every time it itself, the composition itself becomes a window mm. yes. into the source. Absolutely. 
So so then so then that that's like for me that's like okay why is Allah supreme still supreme <laughs> right mm-hmm. because 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 it's actually a window into the spiritual source of music like every time you're listening to it mm-hmm. it has that what's the word the word that's used to describe it is talawa right it has like yeah. that that angelic mm-hmm. angelic luster uh-huh. Because it was, it was, you know, you we think about the intention of Coltrane, about his niya, right? Mm. His intention yeah. yes. at the time that he received it, at the time that he composed it, at the time that he played it. Yes. Um, the power and the energy and the sincerity that he put into it. Mm. So then, now it becomes a nexus. It becomes a window. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And so, like, it's like one of those. What's the word? I mean, it's one of those portals. Mm. One of those examples where it's like, this is the way it's supposed to work. Mm. This is this is this is the way it's supposed to look like. Mm. You know, I mean, in terms of Arabic music, I always think about probably one of the people who's closest to Coltrane in terms of Arabic music, and somebody who's like uh, like Santana is Vialdo Sombati. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the who, who lived through most of the 20th century, and he was the composer for, uh, he composed songs for Um Kathum, oh, Okay, where um, you know his and he, and he composed. I mean, he he not only composed, but he played taqasim improvisations for um, for um, for um, you know he played played improvisations in maqams that n- nobody even thought of writing taqasims for. Wow, you know, like you know, okay. like. Like in B half flat and Muhammad uh-huh. <laughs> this only in Iraq and and, and uh-huh. it's like everybody's like you know this guy is crazy he's just whatever he felt like whereas everybody else was like well I don't know about the phrasing of this uh-huh. Muhammad so I'm not gonna attempt to do it so he would just go he would just, he would just go huh? <laughs> and it's like mm. you know when you listen to it when I listen to it it's it it really feels like a story from scripture. Mm. It's like an immortal. It's like a. It's like a. Mm. It's an unfolding. You know yeah. what I mean? It's an yeah. unfolding that is. Yeah. It's as like it's as if like you're listening to it for the first time. Yeah, I or, I, I like to refer to that as uh, in Tazine. She's she coined this the eternal unfolding. Eternal unfolding, unfolding, yeah. exactly. It's an eternal unfolding. Yes. Mm-hmm. That um, examples like that, where it's when you're hearing something that was recorded, because mm-hmm. we're talking about improvisation, not composed, but it was yeah. recorded maybe 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You're hearing it for the first time. Yeah. You know, we say it's <clears throat> as if you're hearing it for the first time. No, you're actually hearing it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's descending, right? Yeah. It's descending. Yeah. And in those instances, you know, we can we can even say that the artist is is, is still living. Yeah. Because yeah. because in any normal circumstance an an artist lives through their art. But for these types of um portals. Yes. yes. Right then, then the artist is definitely living. Yeah, 
But you know what? What's also an, an interesting thing? We've been using the same notes for thousands of years, right? Right. But what makes it different than the next one? What makes it different? What makes the same note different from this from, from the note a hundred years ago, or fifty years ago, or last year? Yeah. Or a chord is what you put into it. Yes. Not yes. only what you put in, what you will you put what are you pulling from? Right. This note is it's been played thousands of times. Right. Millions of times. Yes. It just depends on how soft I hit it or what I'm bring it to that note. You know? And so it's so when you're hearing so when you're hearing him you're hearing different interpretations that that's that are coming to you or a poem that you read thousands of times yeah it's it's a tonality that's that's hitting you and that tonality has many uh what, what do you call it um, um the term when you hit a note and it hit t um sustain sustain but also has um uh, what's that word? Overtones mm -hmm. that you don't hear. Right. That continues on. Right. So right. those notes or that music is not dead. That person is not dead because th that energy continues on. Continues on forever. So you're actually hearing the first note. Yes. That was, or the first original rendition of the note yes. that you playing now yes. even though it's been played thousands of times yes you're yes. actually hearing and some some um people at the sabbath will say that's the uh Rabukum, that sound yeah. the yes. first sound that you heard so we're going you're going to try you're going to spend all your life trying to get that tone get back to the very get back to that tone that's very subtle to you you know that beautiful sound yes get back to the original sound that you yeah. heard. Well, this has been a remarkable conversation. Um, as always, it's, it's incredible. You. So let's, uh, let's end, inshallah, with another jazz prayer. Sure. Maybe, jazz prayer. because just a few, I think it was a week ago now that it was uh, John Coltrane's birthday. It was, yes. Well, maybe we can have a, a little jazz prayer. And uh, I would, um, I would like to play. Uh, and this is a very interesting story. So, um, this local jazz cat, mm. what's her brother? He's been around for for a while. He personally knew John Coltrane. I had wow. had a talk with him um, maybe a couple weeks ago, and come to find, so uh, uh, John Coltrane has a song called Naima. Was his name after his first wife? Wow, who was Muslim? Yes, wow. And so the brother I was talking to, Muslim, he said, "Yeah, I, I was actually her fiance for five years after they broke up." Wow, I was like what? And uh, he said, "Yeah, John Coltrane. He's a, you know they even though they broke up, they always had a good relationship. He used to come over and make sure she's okay and things like that. And make sure she has everything she needed." Yeah. And, um, 
but yeah, he was like, he, he was just saying, yeah, this is, you know, my relationship with John Coltrane, it was just like that, you know. Um, they used to have talks about, um, you know, philosophical talks about Allah's attributes and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so he's very, John Coltrane was very influenced by um, Islamic concepts. Of course. As a matter of fact, there is a debate of, there's a debate whether John Coltrane was saying, Allah Supreme or Allah Supreme. Because if, um, if you listen to it enough, it sounds like he's saying Allah Supreme. Yes. So there's a debate, actually, of which one he was saying. Wow. Uh, and he might he might have done it on purpose. Yes. To, to make a play on words. Yes. Because he was, he was a universalist. Yes. Like like the like the like the I said um, Allah says if he wanted to make everyone same nation he would have done so but he wanted yes. to test each person what they've been giving. Yes. So so and that all boils down to when John Coltrane said. Um, I believe in all religions. Mm. In other words, he's saying there's some truth in all of them. Right. Right. So um, there's no doubt in my mind that he was influenced. He has some Islamic influence. Sure. Um, had to be, you know. So uh, I would, I'm going to play something. Um, I'm going to play Naima. I was going to play the chorus because it, 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 it requires. Um, an accompaniment, which I don't have right now, mm -hmm. but it's it's one of the most beautiful compositions, love songs, um, that you can play. You know, it's very recognizable. So I just I give a little bit of that, inshallah. Inshallah. Thank you. 
I ended up with that. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's um, I played that so many times, different renditions and yes, tempos and speeds is it's no ending. Well, that was gorgeous. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This is definitely one of those conversations that we'll have to continue. Inshallah. It will continue. You know us. It's going to continue on and off the cameras. <laughs> Absolutely. And then we'll continue it sometime on Inshallah. With, with, a, with an excerpt, another another snapshot of what we're talking about for another episode. Absolutely. Inshallah on the, on the live Instagram. You have been listening to the Art in Motion podcast, part of the Nostalgic Remembrance Initiative, exploring the sacred dimensions of the creative process to cultivate our inner artistry.